Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Creative Control with Bish By the time you hear this, I will be in sunny St. John's, Newfoundland. Actually, I believe it's supposed to be rainy and snowy most of the time I'm there. But still, I'm going to have a great time. I'm going for the Lanya Vanya Music and Arts Festival. I've been there many times. And I'm looking forward to going back. Uh, it's going to be a great uh, lineup. Lots of great bands are playing. Lots to see and do. Everyone I know there has been always really, you know, they've always been really warm and welcoming. It's going to be great to see them. Old friends. Meet new friends, I guess. I don't know if I have time for new friends, frankly. Uh, you know what else I'm doing? I'm hosting the Long Night with Vish Khanna talk show in Newfoundland. It's a rare, out-of-Toronto enterprise. Taking the show on the road. This Long long Night with Vish Khanna really is the intellectual property of the Long Winter Toronto Arts Series, but I got special permission to take the show over to St. John's, and we're going to have a great time. Uh, we're just going to do a talk show Friday night at the Rocket Room, April 25th, let's say. I think that's right. So yeah, if you're in St. John's, come see the talk show. Now, it's fortuitous that I'm telling you about Long Night, because my guest today is a contributor to Long Night, David Hetty, stand-up comedian David Hetty. Uh, has become a friend of mine over the last year. We met at the Halifax Pop Explosion. I guess it would have been October of 2013. And we just hit it off. I I enjoyed his set, and then we ended up hanging out uh, somehow. And then uh, he ended up being in Toronto for the first long night. So he ended up doing uh, some comedy, and then he wrote on the show. It's, It's been a nice relationship. So last week, David and I met at Sushi on Bloor, which is aptly named. It is a sushi place in Toronto on Bloor. And we just talked about our lives and and his new special, It Was Okay, which you can learn about at davidhetty.com. That's D-A-V-I-D-H-E-T-I.com. And he's very funny. You'll see. Here it is, myself and David Hetty. Enjoy. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero. For my money, the best pizza you can eat in Guelph, Ontario. A proud, independent family business run by a punk rocker. 
Trocadero only uses a rich array of fresh ingredients cut by hand and homemade dough made daily, all baked to perfection inside of a stone oven. Its gourmet panzerati, calzones, wings, salads, garlic bread, breadsticks, and oh man, the pizza, the pizza. Personally, I like the gourmet Domateo with goat cheese, artichoke, roasted red pepper, mushrooms. I sub out the turkey breast for eggplant, but that's just me. Wash the whole thing down with a brio. Man, I am getting hungry just talking about this. Call Pizza Trocadero at 519-829-2444. Visit them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph and online at trocaderoguelph.ca. T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. He's in Toronto, he's in LA, he's sleeping on floors every day of the week, and that's what I love about this fucking gig. So please welcome to his stage the uh, slightly unstable, hobo-looking David Hetty. David Hetty. Uh, it's it's a stage name. It, uh, it's also my real name. Uh, I just use one or the other, depending as to which entity I'm referring to at any moment. Um, it doesn't work very well at all. I've uh, I've lost jobs, but uh, this isn't. That's not on you. That's not on you. Um, no, I know this convention to be like, oh, it's good to be here. Uh, <laughs> Um, but the fact of the matter is that I am here, you are here. Uh, why ask how we feel about it? Let's just move on. You know? <laughs> but I'm going to ask you all please to hold your uh, laughter till the end. Um, because, yeah, well, yes, while in one respect, like each joke does exist unto itself in its own particularity, um, on another deeper level, they all comprise like a greater whole. Um, and, and, and you're not capable of, you know, appreciating what's truly hilarious about any, any particular bit until we've gotten to the end. And you've the, co- you've the context. Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I know that you come to a comedy show uh, expecting to laugh um, and enjoy yourselves. Uh, but life isn't fair. Um, <laughs> I forget. Are you from Toronto? Mm-hmm. You're you're from here. Yeah. And and you've never eaten here. I've been here like three times. I feel. I don't. I like eating pizza when I'm out. I don't like. You know what? For a long time, I didn't like to sit and eat. It was a money thing for one thing. Yes. I mean, I was a student around here, and so I don't know. Sushi doesn't. It's too mealy somehow. Mealy? Isn't that the word? Are you are you a snack driven person? No. Snacks don't drive me. <laughs> Snacks don't drive you. So, hmm, mealy. Interesting. Wait, doesn't that mean like wet, cold and wet? Yeah, it does actually. I or does it mean like meal? Like I like was trying to be like, it's like a meal. Oh, sorry, I didn't even get it. 
But this is sushi on Blu-ray. I come here from time to time. Sometimes I go to New Gen. Sometimes I go to Moz, which is really good. They're, I was introduced to that. They're all sponsoring you? No. I'm just giving them some plugs because I like this. <laughs> I find that. I could be wrong because uh-huh. I'm not from here. But uh, it seems that the best sushi is on this strip of Blu-ray. Really? In Toronto. Okay. Am I wrong? Oh, you don't know. I don't know. When did you leave here? When did I leave? Like the city. You lived here. When well, I lived here until I finished my undergrad, and then I went to Montreal. Hmm. And then I got back a year and a half, two years ago to for work. You got back here? It's in Toronto, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were in New York. I was. I was. I mean, oh, yeah. That's okay. I go back and forth quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I don't know where you live. I remember when we met, because you and I met in Halifax. Right. Uh, at the pop explosion, you were doing comedy, and I was just milling about doing stuff. Um, you said you were sort of based in Ottawa? You did some work in Ottawa? No, I was based... I was in living in New York then. You were living in New York, but yeah. didn't you have some Ottawa connection? Is no. that where you did law? I, I, in Montreal, I went to law school, and then in Toronto, I did my articling. Oh, nothing to do with Ottawa. Well, no, I mean, Ottawa screwed me over a little bit, but oh. like in terms of sort of as representative of the federal government. But I wouldn't have never lived in Ottawa. No, no, God, no. Oh, okay. Not God, no, but no. Ottawa seems like a nice enough place. For what? For what? <laughs> I don't know. Just living. I mean, there's parts of it. I, every time I go there now, I feel like it, there's, it seems like a nice enough place to live. I used to have a negative impression of yeah, it. Yeah, but you said just living. Just living. Who? I mean, ju- I mean, you can do that any. You can do that anywhere. That's true. You're saying that my standards are too low. Why? No. Anyone, who, who only wants to just live? You want to. You want to exceed just living, right? Everyone. I think so. <laughs> Anyone can just live. <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah, you're doing it. Not, not okay, so, so where are you now? I, am, I know you're here, but you know what I mean. I'm here for 10 days. Toronto. Toronto. Okay. And I go to Montreal for like two months, probably. And then the East Coast for like three weeks on a tour. Okay. And then I don't know what's happening after that. Is that weird? You're like a nomad. I know. Is it weird? Yeah. It's, um, yeah. It's, but it's, it's interesting. It's, it's fun. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, but it's also exhausting. I would like to have, I would like to have a base. I think in New York, that would be nice. But, but can I can't. You? I can't work there illegally. Oh, you've got the yeah, right, right, right. So, yeah. Can't you just apply for something and get that? I don't know how it works. Well, you have to get a little bit more. I have to get a little bit more well known and like media and press, and then you apply for your, you know, visas and green card and all that. So you're okay. You're in a situation like a lot of people I interview on this show where your passion and your focus is in some kind of in the realm of the arts, in your case, comedy. However, a lot of people I interview, their passion and focus is slightly distracted by reality and they have to have some kind of day job. Right, right. Are you in that situation? No, I'm currently unemployed. I mean, unemployed. I mean, it's kind of not really because I, I do you stand work. up. Yeah. I, mean, I do, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm I not saying that. That's no. fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I left the jobs that I had intentionally in order to do this. And so, but yeah, it's were not employment. Like, were they adult jobs? Yeah, I was, a, I was a litigator with the federal government. Right. And then I worked at, at a bioethics department of a children's hospital. Really? Yeah. So you're like a smart guy. I got, yeah, okay, sure, yeah. You okay, got an okay. educational background that would, you know, help you get jobs like that, obviously. What did sure. you do? You went to law school and what else? And then undergrad in philosophy, and I did a, a master's of bioethics for a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks? Yeah. What happened? Because then I got a, a job in that field. Oh. And I was like, well, sc- screw this. So, <laughs> All right. So you could have a more conventional, relatively easy path 
Oh. Oh, yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Did you actually order food? No. No, he didn't order any food. No. <laughs> I'm still waiting to order. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. That was amazing. You ordered... Okay. Sorry. Well, I'm going to finish your thought. Yeah, yeah. I have a question about this. Uh-huh. Because I haven't ordered yet. Okay. Which I want to do, but they might be intimidated that we're talking to Right, right, folks. right. But I think they'll come. I'll flag them down. Yeah. They brought you free food. I don't think you need to do any flagging. Okay. They're just bringing you food. You didn't even order anything. Oh, sir? No, oh, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. I can wait. All right. don't, don't flag. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's the New York in you. You're flagging people down. I, they'll come. I'm All sure right. they'll come. Sorry, we were talking about the articling and the thing, and you just... you. Oh, yeah, you gave up this straight and narrow path to pursue comedy. Right. That some people would be like, why? I mean, with your educational background, and you're in fields where you could make some money. Sure. People will like that. People want the easy life. Sure. You don't want the easy life. I do, but that... I mean, uneasy life. Like, that to me was a miserable life. So it was. Oh, you hated it. Yeah, it was a little bit miserable. I was a little bit. Yeah, I was sufficiently miserable. Um, I mean, the idea is. Like, this is kind of easier because I enjoy it. Well, yeah. So, and I. Yeah. I'm going through this whole passion versus pragmatism thing myself because I've been make. I've managed to make myself a living doing this kind of stuff. Wow. Talking in sushi restaurants with comedians. <laughs> uh-huh. And. But now I don't make the money that I used to make doing it. I, now I'm just still pursuing something that I love to do and then right. having to augment that with work. Right. And I, to what end? I don't know. But you have, a, you have, a de- you have a de- at least one dependent. I have a child and a wife and a mortgage and a cat. Okay. So two so, dependents. Yeah. <laughs> oh, something happened with my cat's eye today. You know that? Really? Yeah. Do you have any pets? You like no. it? You don't like animals, do you? I, I like them... When they're not in society, they're not in, in human society. You mean just milling about the street? Like if a cat walked into the sushi bar right now, you'd be like, "Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa!" No, this counts. This constitutes human society. I like them. I don't. I like them sort of in the wild. I don't have a problem with animals, in and of themselves, but I don't really want them around me. In a domestic situation, like if someone no. had, a, if you were staying with someone and they's like, "Hey, and here's my dog," I don't know. Burn, you'd be I like, do, ah. I do what I, I do what I could, so it wouldn't touch me. Wow, huh? That makes sense. Based on what I know of you, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so what I was going to ask you about, because at some point I'm going to have to order food. Yeah, uh, it's Passover, right? Yep. And I don't understand a whole <laughs> lot about this. I All know right. a little bit about it, but because when I emailed you to say, "Hey, I can do this on this day," you were right. like, Duh, "It's night two of the was it the say? Were you going to have like a dinner or something?" I mean, you know, to be honest, like I wasn't invited to a second seder, so did, I did had you have I, a first. Yeah, we had a first seder hmm. at my uncle's place. Um, I mean, do you want to know what Passover is? Well, I have a vague, okay, yeah. Or would it be insulting or embarrassing for me to try and explain what I think Passover is? I wouldn't be insulted, but you might be embar- embarrassed. I might be embarrassed. Maybe you should explain it to me. Cause my understanding, because I've seen some of the movies. Right, right, right. Well, that's, that where it's, that where it be- that's where it began, so. In the movies? Yeah. Really? Well, it's a weird, like, Jewish, <laughs> anyway. Most, most holidays begin from, like, some certain so industry, which. Oh, okay, uh, I didn't know that. But basically, the, okay, the Passover is the commemoration of the exodus of the Israelites, yep. right? And they were uh, freed, uh, and uh, the, what, Moses was appointed the leader of the Israelites at yeah. this point, right? right? Yeah. And then the Passover refers to the fact that the, <laughs> the blood on the door thing, where the firstborn is passed over. I feel embarrassed you know it so well. Is yeah, this yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, I'm just making this up. Well, I'm not making it up. I'm, I'm Even trying to remember. Even if you were wrong, I wouldn't correct you no, I need just you out of being what? polite. You so, me. no, you're right. You're actually right. This is actually okay. And then the Seder, 
Seder, you said there's two, uh, the two, second Seder you said, yep. so that indicates there's at least two. Well, yeah, there are two. There are no more than two. No more than two. And a Seder is a celebratory, commemorative feast. Yes. With yes, precisely. blessings or... Yeah, certain, like you bless certain uh, elements of the meal, like you bless, you know, the food you're receiving. Right. You bless the wine, you bless the matzah, you bless... Matzah, right, right. And you eat uh, leavened bread? Is that what it is? You, it's unleavened. Unleavened bread, it's, sorry. Flatbread. Well, it's unleavened. It's not flatbread. Oh, okay. It's the, it's the bread of our affliction. And it's... It, they, they, I mean, they, the story was basically, from what I understand, that there was no time for uh, the bread to rise when the Jews are fleeing. Right. They, that's right. They had to leave so quickly in the Exodus that they couldn't wait for the bread to rise, so they just ate. Right. right. Okay. So it's a okay. It's uh, that makes sense to me. I, I in fact, I don't want to toot my own horn. Did I articulate this very? Yes, yes, yes. But at the same time, from a, from a somewhat like like an, like yes, from an academic perspective, though, what it really I think what it means really for most Jews is it's just like a lovely time to get together with family. Sure. And there's like this prolongation where you do not you do not eat. Like you're supposed to suffer a little bit. Yeah. yeah you fast and then like the, you read this. This book uh, called the Haggadah, and um, well, I'm coming off this cross is more Jewish than I, you know, generally, what? anyway, feel. But you, this, I'm not a religious guy. What's that? Sir? I'm not a religious guy. You're not a religious guy. No. I didn't think you were, based no. on all your comedy, based on what I, right. conversations. You seem uh, more cynical uh, than uh, devout. If that, I don't. Hmm. Are you? An, you're not an atheist. I'm certainly more cynical than devout. Are you? You're not an atheist. Are I you would an, say I'm agnostic. You're agnostic. Yeah. Hmm. But the thing is, basically, it's a beautiful time, family day together. It's really warm. I mean, it's also weird family dynamics. Like, in my family, when I was growing up, someone would end up crying and, like, going home early and things like this and arguments. And At the Seder? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's whatever my family dynamic was, but just sort of heightened because it's like there's all this emotional tension and expectation. And, you know, your grandmother has gone to all this effort to make something. And then you're seeing the brother-in-law or brother that... Things are difficult with sometimes, even though they're all they're all lovely people, right? And there's, it's not, I'm not blaming the brother or brother-in-law, but just you know, you could say the other brother or father. So, I mean, I, you can't maybe compare this, but is it a heavier? You mentioned all this emotional turmoil that goes on in your that can go on in your family during Seder. Yeah, is it a more intensely emotional holiday? Or sorry, is there a comparable? Uh, comparably intense holiday for like that people other people like I, I mean it's Easter no. well there is no Easter Jews don't celebrate Easter no 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 I, that's why I mean, you can't really comment on that no I mean no I guess I mean from what I understand Thanksgiving seems to and, and Christmas seem to be for others like just like heavy, heavy emotional times because children go home and they spend like a week or four days with the family living back home so that I would imagine is incredibly stressful <laughs> right but, but you're actually commemorating something that was I mean, it was celebratory. It was an exodus, but it was also fleeing, right? I mean, it was... It's to remember that we were slaves in Egypt. And yeah, you're yeah. kind of being like... You're, it's like you're like, remember how persecuted we were? Yeah. We're kind of still actually that persecuted. So just like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right, right. Okay, all right. And then it's, Okay, and then you mentioned the unleavened bread. Is there any other kind of dietary restriction? or and, and fasting, is there any other dietary thing that would happen? Well, there are certain... Jeez, oh, yes, but I'm unaware of them. Okay. Uh, like, you cannot eat... Like, certain things have to be more kosher or kosher in a different way right. than normal, if you keep kosher normally. And do you, you, don't, you no. don't... No. No. Okay, so you're not a practicing... No. Jew. Okay. No. Hmm. All right. I, I was watching your special... Um, 
which is called It Was Okay. Yep. Which is nice. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that can refer to so many. I, I, I think of it because I know you a little bit. I thought maybe you're, it was a title evoking a set you did. That's what I immediately thought of. But really, that's an expression we all use. How was the movie? How was the whatever? Oh, yeah, it was interesting. A, it was okay. What, what, do you, what do you think that connotes? What it means to me is that it refers to the set that was, the set that was recorded and that you're watching. Oh, okay. <laughs> Specifically. Yeah. I thought it just might be a, a common sentiment you have after sets, but it's that particular. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love the way you interpret it. Like, I, I, love, I, love, I love that. Yeah, I don't think they're going to take my order. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. No, I, the reason I uh, wanted to uh, go into your set at this point is that um, there's a section where you talk about your father. Um, and your mother, I suppose, yeah. and it's very funny, and I don't want to go into the jokes per se, but you do kind of allude to the fact that you may have had a, a, a hard upbringing with your father. You mentioned violence. Is that true? You mean, is it true that I mentioned that, or is it true no, that no, it happened? No, no, <laughs> It's definitely, unless I made it up in my head, I, it's in the special, and you talk yeah. about your mother, and you talk about your childhood, and a lot of comedians will do that, right? Sure. They'll draw upon their upbringing for, and exaggerate, but you specifically... And your jokes are very funny, but you specifically mentioned that your father was very violent. Right. I mean, one of the jokes that I'll paraphrase is, uh, <laughs> that I will paraphrase, and sure, you can correct ahead. me if I'm wrong, but it's something along the lines of, uh, you say to your, your mother, uh, what happens to us when we die? Right. And your mother says, uh, your dad goes to jail. Yeah, daddy goes to jail. Daddy goes to See? I knew you were going to correct me on the wording. I'm paraphr- I said I was paraphrasing. Okay. No, it's good. It's a brilliant... That's very funny. Oh. But it's also extremely dark. Is that... Are you drawing from a real thing there? No. My father is, like, super loving. <laughs> and he, he, you know, he quote-unquote lay his hand on me once when uh, it was through, like, it was on the bum through my sweatpants. Not my sweatpants, my snow pants, my snow pants. When you were, like, two or three? Yeah, something? something like this. Hi. Sorry. We're, uh, we're just doing a thing, but I am going to order some food. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, can I order now, or do you want to come back? I can't take You can't take the order? Oh, okay. I'm ready to order. Sure, thank you. <laughs> they can't take the order. They don't want to be on the thing. Can I do this twice now? I am going to have to order the food. It's a, Okay, I'll, I'll level with you. I, and I want to finish this thought before we get okay. too distracted. But I, I used to have a show like this for a big uh, company, media company. Really? In Canada, where I would go and have breakfast with people. Oh. Yeah, I would, that was my show. I would interview musicians over breakfast. Huh. And I would document the whole thing. But it was always broken up by songs. Because they didn't think that people would want to hear a whole hour oh, of someone talking, right? Which was kind of the antithesis of podcast but we had all all these waivers that bands had to sign so it made it okay right Uh you could play their music which you can't always do okay anyway so it was a meant to showcase the music even though i just liked the chatting and and i would take all these breaks but i would document the whole thing and so this is this is actually a weird nostalgic i haven't done something quite like this really in like a couple of years yeah like since like 2011 I used to do okay. this like every week, once or twice a week. I'd go eat breakfast with someone, and we would talk about their life. And work. Would 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 your company pay for the breakfasts? No. Uh, oh, the, the, oh, sorry, my, not my guests. You mean the company I worked yeah. for? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I got them to do that eventually because I was just like, you know, it's a, an expense, an right. emotional expense. And yeah, it was really fun, and people really seemed to like the show. And this isn't the first time I've really gone into a restaurant. And the reason I bring it up at this point is normally before I would start rolling. Yeah. I would explain the conte- concept to the service people right? so they wouldn't be caught off guard. In this case, we just started going. I haven't ordered my food. My stomach's rumbling. Maybe it's not even recording in there, you know, for all they know. 
for all for all yeah Maybe. Just, be, just be you're sitting and here with I, a headphone and we have two mics in our hands. Well, there's a digital clock that's ticking. That they, anyway, you're right. My, yeah. Anyway, I'm hoping the food, I'd rather, I hope I, I can order soon. Okay. That's my point. So, so back to your story. Right. I just want to give you context for why, because you expressed some admiration for me when we started this. Like you were like, I'd be too nervous. I don't think I could handle conducting an interview in a restaurant while they're coming well it's not that no I thought that no no I don't mean to say that I don't, I'm not I'm not saying yeah, I don't admire you but I what I was I, I wasn't saying that I admire this venture I'm saying that it seemed foolhardy to me oh no it's not foolhardy. hello how are you yes we're just uh, uh, we're just doing an interview but it's okay you can be part of it um, I'm just gonna order some food is that okay okay <laughs> I'm gonna order uh, you don't want anything I'll have a beer oh you're gonna have a beer yeah Sorry? Just a two. Two of us, yes. There's only two this of us. This is good radio. This is good this talk. Is this totally is fine. entertainment. It's very entertaining. I think it's fine. All right. I am going to order... So why don't we share one thing? Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Because you're not... There's no religious... Okay. No. Fine. I can have other objections. Are you... Do you have a mushroom issue? No. <laughs> you eat mushrooms? Yep. The... Um, we'll get one shiitake tempura to share. Yes. And then I'm going to get one rock and roll... Rock and roll, and then one uh, salmon sushi pizza. Salmon sushi pizza. And I'll have a ginger ale. And a ginger ale? Yeah, I'm celebrating today. Can <laughs> I just have a bottle of Canadian, please? Yeah. One Canadian? Yeah, please. Can I ask something? What? Why do you ask me if I'm okay with mushrooms so, like, solicitously, and then, but you never ask me whether I like sushi, you know? What do you mean, before we met here? Yeah, you're like, you're like right now you're so... Thoughtfully being like, are you okay with mushrooms? Okay, fine. Do you have religious you. objections? Is yeah. every and then you're like, we'll go to sushi on blur. You are misrepresenting the email thread. I said, I'm coming into town. Yeah. I want to meet somewhere near this area, and you said, sure. I but I gotta go somewhere. I, oh, I'm yeah. only do. You picked a place, and I said, I've been to that place. I actually tried to do a show there. Too oh, loud, yeah, right. right? Then I said, I want to come to this place, and you said, Ah, Seder. You mentioned the dinner. You're right. And then you also said, ah, and I said, oh, right, sorry. Uh, what about, well, why don't we just meet at the sushi place? And you said, well, I'll probably just have a beer. You said you weren't going to eat. And then, oh, yeah, you're to right. be frank, even when I got here, you said you weren't going to eat. But the you, whole time, no eating. But I don't, but you said, it seemed like you wanted to have half of whatever it was you were ordering, or you felt uncomfortable with me not eating across from you, which I can understand. I, got, I ordered an appetizer that we could share, but I'm going to eat the rest of the stuff myself. I'm not sharing that with you, unless you want some of it. Because <laughs> you know what I think, I think as well, I think that... But you don't even like the food I ordered. <laughs> I don't even know what you ordered. But I think that you're right. You're right that you're right that you weren't, like, you weren't sort of trying to dictate the, the course of the evening, but it was more that I felt as though I don't want, I don't want to be a bother. And and I thought that it would you be polite. Yeah. No, you're why you no. I'm just suggesting something we could share together. Appetizers are what people often share together. Right, right. And they have their own meal. Right. That's the only reason it was like a convention thing. I ordered an appetizer. It's it's uh, you'll see that it's just uh, a a bowl full of fried deep fried mushrooms with a dipping sauce. Okay. And anyone can share it. All right. Whereas the other things, I mean, it's yeah, you could share. We could. In fact, you know what? Since you raised the point, why don't we share some of my meal? That's I, not what I was asking. I know you're not. It's not conniving. I want to be with my family tonight, Vish. You, <laughs> you want to be with your family today? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that this was an issue. But it's Thank the only you. night I was coming. I don't live in the city. Thank you. <laughs> Gas is expensive. No, I, it's hard to come here. Thank you very much. I can't just 
come here anytime you want to talk. Why don't we just stop right now? Okay. I, this is this is see this is the tension that I miss normally when I'm home. So this actually this is what I this is this is comforting. Don't you have a podcast where people? Uh, I haven't. I'm sorry, I haven't listened to it. <laughs> but I, as I recall, what's your what's the name of your podcast? I have a problem with David Hetty. That's your that's your podcast. Yeah. And what is how what's the is there an actual con, uh, concept for it? Oh yeah, people come on. A guest comes on who has a grievance with me something either a personality trait that i have or a particular incident and they explain to me what it is or what it was uh-huh. and then basically i i defend myself or rationalize like my behavior and i tr- trying to present why actually it was perfectly reasonable are these comedy friends or just like some of them are but that's not the idea the idea is okay. not to discuss comedy by any by any means okay how long are the episodes Maybe like 45 minutes. Okay. And, and what are some of the issues that people have raised that, about you that you found uh, illuminating in some way? Illuminating? Well, I mean, surely if someone brings up one of your shortcomings, it actually might hit, hit you that you might, right. that might be uh, true. That's true. I think, um, I'm trying to remember. I think there were some, oh yeah, there was one time when, it's hard to see if I'm trying to, uh, I'm not sure whether to like to describe in detail like a particular incident. I don't know, if, but because the personality traits people bring up and have problems with, they're not. I mean, it's not that I'm unaware that those are things which bother people, but it's kind of that to get to discuss why it bothers people or how I may be wrong. So, like, I have a terrible memory. Uh huh. I mean, as evidenced just by the, you know right now. Where you um, chastised me for my food ordering <laughs> when in reality I thought I was being accommodating. I even said, hey, why don't you eat something? Because you, the whole time, in my mind, you said, I don't want to eat anything. But now I feel bad because I, because you kind of like you, like there's something in you which wants me to like um, somehow like my eating makes you feel better. And I don't want to make you feel bad by my, my not eating. No, you're not. I mean, no, that's not. I mean, no, I don't feel bad at all. It was coming from a place of gen generosity and warmth i'm ordering a bunch of food right i I don't even eat out that much anymore because you know it's hard it's expensive and i didn't want to do it and but i just i feel i got a ginger ale well that's why i'm getting only a beer though and you're gonna have some shiitake mushrooms yeah yeah i also the other thing is i don't eat past 7 p.m normally this whole night why is that well i came up with a system when my son was born where because i noticed that we would i would was eating earlier frankly i was eating dinner like at when you're supposed to eat dinner 5 30 or 6 and then we would finish, and then I would. Uh, he would at that point go to bed, get ready for his bath and his bedtime. It's it's now it's much later than that six o'clock okay. hour. So I would just I eat dinner. I'd floss my teeth. I'd brush my teeth. Even if I was coming to Toronto like I am today, I would just do all that, and then I would be done. And it became this. I slept better. Uh, you mm. know, I wasn't having food digesting in me closer to bed, and I lost weight. I just felt better about All myself. Right. Yeah, oh. it slipped a bit in recent months because it was a long winter. Seven thirty, seven fifteen. Yeah, or occasionally I will have. I've had a. I have in Toronto had like a slice of pizza or a poutine or something. Past, you know, you and I worked on that talk show together. The long, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long night with Vishkana for the long winter festival, and yeah, I would. The show wouldn't be on to like ten. Sure. And I'd be working so furiously writing jokes or cue cards, and you helped write jokes, which I was, I, 
can't thank you enough. Well, but I was working so ferociously. Thank me enough. <laughs> I was working so ferociously until just about an hour before showtime that I'd right. finally be like, oh, I should eat something before the show. But just because someone goes to bed, you can't eat it anymore? I mean, come on. No, you can. Oh, my son, you mean. Yeah, because we feel better. That seems to be the real reason. I mean, that's how it began. Well, but because you just, you just haven't you long heard that you're not supposed to eat so close to bedtime? There are lots of things that, I, that I, I've heard that I don't do, which sound I right. Yes, that's exactly how I felt. And now I'm doing some of them. Okay. I'm, I started running a couple of years ago. I, and, and that's also slipped. Right. I just started to feel like I should improve myself. Okay. I don't know. You're try to convince you otherwise. You're a, you're a rogue agent. Do you have a dependent at all? Do you have like a lady friend? A or dependent? No, I mean, even if I, I mean, well, that's, I mean, she's not dependent. Well, you she's not dependent well, on me. In a sense, I hope not. Uh, do you have a reliant person who's reliant on you? Um, I don't think about her for too long uh-huh. and not say anything, but I would say no. You, are you dating someone? Oh, good. Yes. Yes, you are. Okay. Yeah. Is she aware of this? Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So, on some level... Uh, you have someone who counts on you a little bit. I mean, I, I mean, in some, in some sort of like emotional capacity. Are you, are you co- uh, like a commitment phobic or something? In your a comedy, little maybe. In comedy, it seems to. In your comedy, rather, you seem to have a strange. Uh, strange is a is a vague word. You have a pointed dynamic with the opposite sex. I don't know how to put this properly. Oh, how can you? Can you? Can you? Pointed how? You know, ever since earlier in the conversation where you, where I said, hey, because in, in your stand-up special, you're like, my dad was very violent. And then you're like, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> so now I'm starting to think that uh, maybe a lot of your comedy, because we're so used to in this day and age, particularly podcast culture, right. of getting to the real. I mean, the only real joke is about me and my uncle sleeping together, I'd say. Mm. Everything else is perfectly, <laughs> you know. You, you slept with your uncle? No, no. <laughs> 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 no, my mother. La- my mother, though, she said that uh, she actually listened to it. She watched it twice, she which I was very show. happy and, yeah. and surprised about. And then she came down. You know, she came down and she was very sort of, uh, very kind of pleased. She said, "You know what? I took this one joke as like a genuine apology." Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. These are the appetizers. These are the yeah, shiitake mushroom too. The way I used to do it on my show, I would document everything with photos. Maybe I should take your photo eating a mushroom. Do you want that on the internet? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't not want. It's fine. You, yeah, no, okay. I don't. I don't I want it there. Well, do you mind it if it's? No, there? I don't mind at all. No. You're very into. Whoa, what's this? Huh. Okay, I'm going to take a photo of you digging in. To, uh, sorry, now I'm checking my. Do you email. edit this? I'll edit it a little bit, not much. I'm All not right. going to edit this part out. <laughs> it makes a good, good radio when it's photo. Yeah, no, it's fine. All right, I'm going to take a little photo of you. Oh, look at that. Good lighting. That's pretty nice. Looks good. Uh, okay, so my thank point... You for, thank you for the... No, no problem, no problem. So my point here is that... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. No, you were saying about your uncle. Oh, your mother. You were, did you finish that? Oh, no. And so I told her, I was like, she said, you know, I took this as an, as an, apolo- as an apology. And I was like, look, it's like you cannot take anything I say on stage as like serious at all like you just simply for your own mental health so you're more of a, a surrealist and absurdist than you are someone who is revealing necessarily revealing something about your true self i don't think i'm revealing anything about the facts of my life in that sense but in terms of my true self like my feelings about things i would say so hmm. or at least what i think is funny or i mean well you make an interesting distinction in the special about david hetty your stage persona versus your real persona. Right. And uh, I don't want to get too psychological, but is your stage persona, you know, your id? Is that you, the real you that, that you stifle for the, for the sake of s- social mores? No. The stage persona is just another way of communicating to the world what I feel that I communicate in my everyday life. You mean when you're walking down the street silently, you might be putting across a certain vibe and, and people might pick up on the vibe if they're astute or paying attention. Sure. However, when you get on stage, you're actually articulating um, your attitudes and your, your tone. Yeah, but I feel as though why, would, why does it make sense for me to have the same being off stage, like in my regular life, as in a comedic forum. I mean, the whole world is just, that whole world is different. How, like, if I were to speak like this, like this sincerely on stage, I mean, I guess I could, but to me, like, to play with the the ambiguity of what comedy is requires for me somewhat of a different way of interacting with others. There is an, a, a line of argument going through uh, comedic criticism right now that I find problematic, and I think you're speaking to it. Oh, it's sushi pizza. Thank you very much. That looks delicious. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, again, feel free to help yourself to anything. Thanks. This is very delicious. Okay, it's, it's a little cumbersome to eat, but it's... it's with but a it's microphone a, in your... Well, yeah, you. no, I can, you can do it. You, you seem savvy with your chops. How do you All like right. the mushrooms, by the way? They're, they're, um, they're okay. They're, they're, pretty under, they're, they're understated in a way. I feel a lot of pressure to eat very quickly and not Talk. chew my chew oh. my go, chew in front of the microphone. Just relax. It's going to be difficult you to know enjoy the reason this food. why I came up with this concept originally why? is that I found over the course of doing the episodes there was no greater way besides sleeping, I think, for uh, people to relax. To Something eat? eating you're in a relatively relaxed vulnerable state. You have to be. You have to kind of I know there can be tense moments during meals. Right. Uh, you know, depending on the context, we talked about your family get-togethers and stuff. But in a, in a sense, your body is in a in a state to accept what's going into. No, it. I don't agree with this at all. I mean, I've had huh. I've been in ter- terrible moods, and I've had to try try to eat. And just because the eating, it didn't relax. Like it was hard to, to swallow things. I guess that's true. I mean, it's true. I've been dumped while eating, and really? that's not good. Oh yeah, a couple times. 
don't know why. Why would they do it during a meal? It seems rude, doesn't it? Well, isn't that the exact same? It's make, actually it was the same, exact same reason that you like. It was the same woman. As which, as as who? Well, the same woman kept dumping me. <laughs> she broke up with me a couple times. Oh and, really? And one of the, and at least two of them were during while we were trying to eat. <laughs> it didn't take it. Didn't take the, the no. over the meal breakups. No. Too comfortable. Exactly. Too relaxed. You kept offering your appetizers. So congenial. The thread that I'm referring to, or rather the mm-hmm. line of criticism, is that we are apparently finally in an age where the distance between a performer's true self and their persona seems to be dissipating. In that, the era of old school showbiz like Seinfeld, for example, who or whatever, I don't know, your typical, not typical, your stand-up comedian who is exaggerating life or or observing general life, there's a theory that they have been replaced by people like Mark Maron or Louis C.K. who are just talking about their lives. Right. But I don't quite buy that because I don't think that Louis or Mark are exactly that person off stage. I mean, how do I? I mean, how would we know? Thank Thank you you very much. That's excellent. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, I don't, I mean, I've like, you know, I mean, I've, I've not met all of these comics. I, I choose not to presume that I know who they are. Based on their performance. Right. I mean. Or, or their jokes. No, I don't, I, I I just, I, I, I can't, it's not fair, it's not fair to do that. Like I can, I can, I have a feeling, but I, I can, I can understand that that feeling is groundless because I mean, as a performer, I understand what goes on. And I like, I like seeing comics that I know perform because I can see the parts of them in there, you know, that come through in their performance parts that don't. Um, but you're saying that in order, are you talking about comedy in particular? I'm, I'm hearing this a lot. Like the New York Times, you, you'll just read an article every once in a while about, there was an article, there have been two, I think, com- complaining about Jerry Seinfeld's distance that he keeps from his audience at live shows by telling these you know you know set up punchline jokes as opposed to revealing something about himself there's a, then what what and they often mention these other comedians these sort of more down to earth comedians so to speak you know and i i think it's wrong like i have you been in a situation where someone uh, one of your peers is exactly the same on stage as they are off i mean I would say no, absolutely not. Right. Because my peer, like my peers, are not constantly trying to entertain or get laughs every tw- you know twenty seconds or whatever. And do you think that there's a perception that they would be like that? I think people think comedians are always on. Yeah, that is the most outrageous thing I, th- I can think of. One of no, I mean that's hy- 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 yeah. hyperbolic, but um, no. But I feel as though if people want to see comics who are who are more genuine or more true to, you know, to, who, they, to who they are. I think that that's not that's just a, a general climate of, of society. Like I imagine people would want that more. Actually, I don't even know why should it be the case more with comics than with like movies. I mean, movies are actors or painters, musicians. I don't. I guess. I guess comedy is is, is distinctive. I think that comedy distinctive. is also the most mystifying of every art form. Really? Yeah, and I think so. I think comedy, stand-up comedy in particular. I think you know, there's that old line about how. People fear public speaking more than they do their own death. Okay. There's something about 
the com the comedian that is this weird rebel. He's not guided. He seems autonomous. He or she, they seem autonomous. They're not. No one's putting the words in their mouth like an actor. You know, uh, in a live show, it's not like a performer with a band, right? With that support network. I mean, I guess you could make a case for a solo acoustic performer, but at least they've got a guitar. They screw something up that they're saying. They can noodle around a little bit. Comedian is out there on a tightrope, right? And I don't think they get an. I mean, I think they are finally starting to get their due. I don't know. Do you that feel? Sounds. Do you feel like a bold, brave person at all when you head up on there? Are you? Are you still fearful when you go on stage? Not really. I mean, not as, not unless something's at stake. Like if I have to, you know, if I if it's an audition for something. But the thing is, look, I don't know. I mean, I think it is, it is something unto itself because you, you're you're so much more than anything else. Like it's so obvious whether or not you get a, a response that you want. It doesn't have to be an applause break or gales of laughter or something, but there's some sort of response generally you're trying to elicit, which, uh, you know, is sort of is, is made manifest. And so you can't really hide it. Like, I, I don't know, I've heard that actors, actors say that you can sense when a play is good. And I guess you can feel a good play in the room when you're in the audience even. Um, but it's, I think it's a weird thing to ask someone who does that to romanticize it too much because I don't do anything else. Right. So it's right. hard for me to speak to it. Okay. That's fair. I just wonder if... Uh, I don't know. I just wonder. Because you are, you are someone... Like, when I watch your stand-up special, um, and when I've seen you live, you have a tendency, I think, to very subtly, in a way, antagonize your audience. You kind of put across this, like, you people don't get this right. thing. And that's a recurring theme. Like, you, you've set up... It's not even, like... Uh, it's, like, it's not a th- It's not subtle, actually. And it's not a throwaway. It's not, like your way of warming up the room, it comes up, I think it's a recurring motif. Yeah. Where you're like, of course you won't get this joke. That's kind of weird and brave and strange. And yet people laugh. I think people mostly get that it's a joke. Right. But have you had it where like, you've done that and it's gotten really ugly? I mean, there's a certain point, like there are, I mean, there are a couple of jokes from the, you know, the, the album come to mind. Where I talk about how you know, there is no self. There's only a relation between me and you and the audience and all these things. And, and like, okay, anyway, for the sake of the conversation, that the joke is basically something like, um, you know, we only exist, you know, in relation to each other. But the yeah. terrible thing is, is that I can't even tell the jokes that I want to tell because you don't understand comedy right. the way that I know it. Well, um, why would you say that to a room full of people that are there for you? Most people, well, most complicated a lot, question. A lot, I know a lot of comedians uh, aren't out to antagonize the room. Mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in your way, you are. That's uh, unusual, I think. But it's not right. But I, at the same time, it's not solely to antagonize because the the thing is, is that my, ex, my expectation. Look, I'm not trying to get. I'm not trying to walk people from the audience. That's not the idea. Right. And if people understand if they're in on the joke that I'm trying to convey and, and if they're laughing at my telling them if they're, getting, if they're getting the joke which entails my telling them they're not getting the joke right I think that's dub, you know doubly or whatever it's qualitatively different it's differently funny okay I don't know that much about philosophy but I know what I understand there is an obsession with well, existentialism, maybe metaphysical. Is the metaphysical realm important to you in your field? Um, is that? Is yeah, it? I like. 
Yeah, like I like playing with notions of what can we know and what is what is right and what is truth and 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 how can and like self understanding and self awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what comedy is so so wonderful for because you you don't have to take things seriously in a wholly serious way. And I think that's actually one of the advantages. Hi. Excuse oh, me, which... Um, no, everything's fine. Sorry. I thought you were talking to us. That's one of the advantages um, that, you know, which comedy has over something, say, like philosophy or law. I mean, certainly law, I think. I mean, and they're, I mean, they're philosophers who, I suppose... I don't know. I don't know how how they can present themselves. I don't. I'm not. I, I mean, I only. I know, I'm not like so deep into philosophy, so especially any, anymore. Um, well, you get pretty meta with your show. Like you're you're kind of talking about comedy in some cases, right? I mean, you just outlined one of your jokes is flat out being like, you know, this is a this is humor you're not going to get right now. Maybe right. you might get it years from now. You'll think <laughs> back on this night. So that's kind of strange as well. So you're obviously kind of playing with this sense of self and self-awareness and and processing information even i suppose which right you know it's interesting i mean one comic like i don't want to talk about the joke that i closed with on the album but i did that at a show recently and this comic wrote you know i was on the show with wrote back a couple days later and said oh like you know i want to i love that joke i'm I'm gonna steal it from you when you're you die you know some silly thing like this and I said, really? I was like, I don't even think that people laugh, though, at this. Like, they don't even laugh at this joke. And then he said, he said, oh, he said, like, anyone, like, I mean, he said, like, I don't want to be so damning, but he's like, any buffoon can make people laugh. And I was like, oh, like, that's a really nice way of, tr- of kind of, I, agree, I kind of agree, I kind of agree with that. You're not out to necessarily, your form of entertainment isn't necessarily reduced just to laughter it can be stimulating in other ways i hope so like it's a so such an arrogant thing to say but i kind of almost i kind of almost feel like like when this when this friend said this i was like yeah like why should the like the comic ought to do more than just make people laugh like that ought to be something left for everybody else that's true but i mean is there a danger of being too dry to profess to uh, professorial, I suppose is the word. Like, do you feel like? Because totally. sometimes I watch your stuff and I'm like, it's almost like a class. Okay. It's almost like we have a, a hilarious philosophy teacher. It's not dry enough. I mean, it's 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 and it's very dark. I mean, in fact, I mean, I think some things, and I don't know if you would disagree with this, because it is the context is that you are telling jokes, but there's it's a there's a cruel streak uh, to some of your stuff. Cruel, cruel. You mean with respect to the audience or the people or no. every, everyone else or this, myself? Maybe the stories. Right. Or the anecdotes have a kind of, you know, they're, they're dark and they're, I think, so far, I don't know, there's a section in your special where you, I, I watch you lose the crowd and kind of revel in it, uh, where you're talking about pedophilia. Okay. Not an easy subject to broach at the best of times. Uh, you take a very interesting approach to it, and you can see that the crowd has been with you, but that's, I feel like, one of the first points where they're like, ooh, like it's not even laughter, it's almost shock. Okay. Are you trying to shock people? Um, to shock, I don't think, again, I don't think, I don't want to shock people, like, you know, end, end of, like, period, end, yeah. end, of, end of sentence. Um, 
I can't, I have to, I can't, I don't know whether I got the effect I wanted to at that moment. Like sometimes, you know, an audience isn't with it and you don't want that and sometimes you do want that. Uh, I don't want to shock people. I want to make people question themselves. And I think if you shock someone, especially like in a, in a, in a simple way, they are going to think like, oh, like the other person is the one who has wronged or is in the wrong. Right. And so that is actually an unhelpful response. I think the idea with that pedophilia joke is to, in fact, kind of kind of keep people on the line and have them uncertain as to where they fall uh, with respect to what I'm what I'm saying to them. You actually advocate for pedophilia in the joke. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Sure. In a in a completely let's I hope I can only hope in an absurdist way. Yeah, I mean the whole thing. Is, the whole thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, look. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I'm I'm speaking on it for a minute and a half or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And if we're gonna talk about it for much longer, you would find that my idea, my feelings on it, are you know a little more nuanced. Yes, I assume so. <laughs> it, I mean, again, I mean, uh, I guess it's not fair to assess your worldview based on your. So many other art forms, uh, you can kind of deduce, or you feel compelled to deduce someone's point of view, their perspective by the song they wrote, maybe by the art they made. But I would think that if someone were to try to do that, just processing your stand-up, they might be in for a rough ride about you as a person. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it used to happen far, far more actually when starting out. It was a whole different act and persona, much less um, sort of um, c complex, I feel. Uh, like I, I would stand perfectly straight and I would hold the mic with both hands and I wouldn't look at anyone my head well, you were nervous be, well I was nervous but also I yeah I was I was nervous then but I also thought that was the, a good way of delivering the jokes mm. and so that really wasn't such a, a, a human being presented to the audience and so the jokes were less nuanced and I, I was ending up shocking people more and it was difficult to incorporate sort of a, a you know a, a deeper idea um but I don't know. I mean, I think it has to do more with comedy. I think it's about the comedic realm. Like people don't, people aren't. It's a, it, it's a totally. It's. I think it's d distinct from anything else, really. I mean, you can be funny in art, and you can play a joke. Yeah. But it's not proper to the other art forms. Right. That's true. I, and um, I think I tried to say that earlier. I think it stands apart from from most other art forms. Um, right. Are you gonna have any of the sushi? It's very delicious. And I'm actually kind of full. I also I also ate before I came oh, out. I didn't know thank that. you, thank no, you. It's fine. So I invite you to go to a sushi place for an interview. You eat you eat before you come. Because I said I wouldn't. I said I wouldn't eat. Now you remember. You said you wouldn't eat. I see. I see what you're saying. <laughs> we're just back to square one. How long have you been doing comedy? Doing comedy Maybe, as it were. Right. Maybe like seven and a half years, something like that. Like stand up. Yeah. You, you got on stage seven and a half years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And what compelled you to do it? Um, I don't know. I think I was. I thought I could do it. I was fascinated by it. Um, it seemed like an exciting way to communicate your ideas and to, to kind of screw around with people. And not much else was sort of so compelling, which I think really is one of the one of the the most fundamental, strongest drives of the, of comics. Do you have a a is there a, it's ridiculous in a way, but I think you understand what I mean if I say, do you have like, a, is there an, a, an art streak in your family? Well, my sister is a very 
you know, wonderful thinker and writer. And she, she, I mean, so, you know, Sheila, Sheila Hetty. Sheila Hetty. Um, so certainly with her. Uh, but I mean, before th- our generation, you know, my parents are both in the sciences. Uh-huh. Uh, my, gr- m- you know, my, one of my grandfathers was a painter. We have a small family. It's really not, I, I, I don't think it's very, no, artistic family. No. But I feel as though Sheila and I are kind of doing similar things. Like there's a certain, you know, it's very like biting, critical streak throughout both of our works. Like I'm not trying to say that, you know, hers isn't on, you know, a deep, you know, on other levels. It works on different levels. I mean, you know, it's much broader what she does. Yeah. Not, not in a more, like a, you know, like a, I'm not trying to denigrate what she does, but I mean, when I say broader, I mean, in terms of it's more multifaceted. Not that it's, you know, broad, broad writing. I, no, like no, I, okay. I agree. I know what you're saying. In fact, has anyone raised, uh, I, I hesitate to do this. Uh, in fact, I'm not even going to do it. I was going to mention the only thing I, parallel I can see uh, to what you and your sister do might be, oh boy. <laughs> Go on. Amy and David Sedaris are kind of the similar kind of siblings who are doing, one is kind of doing comedy, one is doing kind of incisive writing, and yet it's the opposite. Uh, I mean, gender-wise, it's opposite, but it's kind of funny. I mean, I don't know if you care for them or or, or anything. I'm just bringing this up out of nowhere. Those are, I I am... Do you know them? I'm not really familiar. I know their names. Yeah. Do you have like heroes, like comedic heroes, the, the people that compelled you to go into this realm? You mean that I knew, or that I just liked from afar? Like maybe, maybe people that you in the in the culture, and maybe people who uh, were closer to home, I suppose. I mean, well, no one that I really saw. No, no one in Toronto. Not no? not no one in Toronto. Nothing like this. There are a few comics that I saw. I went to I went to San Francisco once on a family trip, and I saw someone who was fantastic and hilarious, and but really. I don't know. I think I like Woody Allen's stuff the best. I think his writing was so so like intelligent and smart, and like yeah. you just there was no fo- tricking, having to fool anyone. He was an early he was early hero in a way. Would you say? Yeah, sure. I mean, I compared I, you to Woody Allen in a review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a live review, and yeah. I don't know if you were found that. I'm glad. To, I assume you did not find that offensive. Oh, not at all. Okay. No, I mean, I don't know. He's my, he's the person I think is the funniest. Yeah. So I'm not trying to I'm not trying to to emulate I'm not trying to copy what he does, but no. I, you, 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 in a sense you can't help but avoid your your influences. Um. So, so yeah, I don't know. I think that he was. I don't know. Yeah, but he, I guess he was the one. And other comics, I I enjoy. Like I kind of I have to be in a particular mood to enjoy. I don't know. I found Woody Allen more. Could, so could, could manipulate you so well. Yeah. So understated. I mean, I think that's why he ended up being a great director after being a successful comic writer. Okay. Like, he was primarily a, comedi- a stand-up and a, and, a, and a writer, right? Uh, and I think that manipulation, as you describe it, is emotion- like, you know, emotional. Um, and I think you have to have kind of a vision if you're going to manipulate someone. And I think he's kind of maybe... A, I hope I don't get sued for saying this, but I feel like... Yeah, he's been able to translate those uh, abilities into becoming one of our greatest filmmakers of all time. Right. Like to set all of that into motion and have a vision for it. And I think he's saying it a little bit more through his, through what he does as comedy. I think he's really kind of presenting to you his like feeling of life in a way that's not, 
I don't know, like you put a, you strap a moose to the, you know, the roof of your car or whatever. I mean, it's like a, it's a joke, joke. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but at least in his films, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Look, I like humor that's so ridiculous sometimes. You know, I like sitting. But when I do that, when I like that kind of the, you know, the the, the straight up maybe you know simpler comedy. It's when I'm a little, you know, I'm drunk or I'm high or something like that. That's when I can enjoy that stuff more. Otherwise, I don't care. I don't care to be entertained really okay. through comedy at all. Right. That's interesting. You, is it because you do it yourself? You don't want to be... I think part of it... Potentially, you don't want to be tainted by other influences even? No, I just don't... I don't care. For, like, I don't care for... I, I don't care for it. Like, I get... To, I see what they're doing. I see... I pay attention to the writing. I, I try I try to... You know, I look at it analytically. I don't enjoy it. Um, but it doesn't... But that stuff... I'm not going to la- laugh out loud generally, but I want to s- think about what I'm seeing. I can't talk because I have a mouthful okay. of sushi. Well, what else will we talk about? Well, we'll finish when I'm... Yeah. No. It's rude of you to stop talking. And my answer's done. What I, and that's, the, that's the most no. polite way of going about it. I that was fair. It is... Have you ever... You've never done so, an interview like this where your, your interviewer is eating dinner? No. It would never... I would never... Like, I know one comic, in fact, who chews gum while he's on stage. And to me, like, I, I, I didn't think I was seeing right somehow when I first saw it happen. Is, are you enjoying this, though? Oh, yeah, so much. I mean, I, I, love, I love the questions you're asking. And oh, okay. I like your understanding of, what's, of, you know, the, of, what, of, what, of what I do and the things you're listening. Okay. Um, I'm really full, though. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to try to finish as much of this as I can. I, okay. I, I am known to eat a lot more than... Physically, I'm a skinny fellow, I yeah. think. Uh, but I, I don't know. I have a hollow leg or something. I tend to... I, and I, as I say, I'm celebrating. I don't know why. I want to celebrate with you. All right. Well, because I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. I know it's true. Yeah. It was such a fun night. In fact, and that was a weird. It was a fun night in Halifax. Yes, we had a good time in Halifax, yeah. and then you happened to be in Toronto for that first talk show right. that I started, uh, and you helped write jokes and you did stand up. It was. Oh no, you didn't write jokes for the first one, but you. That yeah. was nice of you. That was super fun. That was super fun. That whole endeavor. Yeah. You mentioned at something something earlier that intrigued me, and it maybe speaks to our work together subsequent to having met. Uh, you mentioned auditions. Right. This compels me. I know it's maybe going to be a weird vocational discussion. But what kinds of things does David Hetty audition for, per se? And and within that, how much writing do you do for other people? Because that's, the, I think, in a way, I got the impression that you found our collaborate, collaborative stuff intriguing because I got the impression it wasn't something you did often, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, well, in terms of auditioning, uh, I don't audition very much. Like, basically, what I, what I referred to earlier in the conversation was, like, showcasing for comedy festivals. Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't audition for acting jobs or commercials, things like that, which I would, I should, I would like to start because, you know, it's a, it's a way to make some money while yeah. not having to be in a city for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, but the writing thing, I don't really write for others, to be honest. And I think that's really why it was really such a fun thing to be able to do for your show. Because, like, you want a topical event. So it's basically, it's, like a, it's a late night show, really. Yeah, th- it, it was, yeah, that's what it is, yeah. And so I typically don't, like, re- make it writing jokes about these things. So they, don't, they don't, I don't think they, I mean, they don't age very well, I think. No, no, they're meant to be, uh, the, the, it's, so it's like a talk show monologue. Sure. So they're meant to be kind of like disposable exactly and and i wanted <laughs> i know uh, we went back and forth on some stuff and i think that was something because you don't I, I got the impression that surprisingly for me anyway you didn't really watch you don't watch shows like that no i told i watched i mean the first because of writing for your show i sat down and i watched 
a late night show monologue for the first time ever. Wow. Like, again, like, I don't like being entertained through comedy. It doesn't entertain me, really. Hmm. Uh, and, but it was so fun writing for you because here was, here was all this, this whole world, which I would never, ever think of for my act. And if I thought of something, I could just, you know, play around with the ideas and mess around and, and, and send it to you. And it could, be, it could be helpful and productive and good, in fact. It actually, I mean, I found the process, because I was new to it, too. I've never, you know, you want to be careful as a lay person who gets, over the years, <clears throat> I have found myself in situations where I'm often hosting events, making presentations, whatever, and I can get a laugh. Right. And if you're not careful, that can go to your head. You start to have delusions about how funny you are. I've never, I think, never had that. <laughs> uh, as far as I know. I just know that if I want to, I can occasionally get, and I also can bomb terribly, but I can make a couple of jokes and people seem to, I don't know what it is. So this was totally new to me too, but I was very fascinated. Unlike you, I surrogate parent is like David Letterman for me. Okay. Like since I was a little kid, I was watching all these late night shows, Carson even, like, you hmm. know. Um, so hmm. for me, it was an easy transition to... It was in my blood to try to be the host of a show like that. Even, you know, we're doing a fake... It's not on TV, but... So the interactions that we had, I thought were really helpful for me, too. Because I had to... I had it in my head that I couldn't do what I was setting out to do. Okay. I've never written a joke, per se. I've come up with some ideas, but... Your world was way more fascinating. I feel... Or maybe that's not true. I feel like maybe our... The two worlds were fascinating for each other. I mean, for... Yeah, like, for me, it was bizarre how you would, like accept a joke and I was like what do you mean like you're just gonna say this like you're not gonna tear it apart or like play with this but I did a little bit I mean I went back and forth with you on some things and yeah, I mean in true. some cases we did I mean I tried things in sort of as much as we had rehearsal and people I took people's advice because I felt less confident about it you know we would modify you don't know this but we would modify some of your jokes even David just to because <laughs> we thought this, it would land better and uh, sometimes it didn't sometimes it didn't we might have been wrong right um Anyway, it's 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 an interesting realm for me, and uh, and it's it's I you know I'm very pleased that we met when we did mm -hmm. because I really was a big fan of the set I saw oh, in Halifax when you opened up for Todd Berry, and then to see it, you know, I assume I don't, when did you record this special? Uh, January first. Yeah, so a couple. Two or we that was in October. Yeah, right? two two months later. So you know, some of that material had been refined. I think a little bit. Some yep. of it had been. It was fine the way it was. It was the exact same. It, it's it's a great special. Thanks. And, thanks. Uh, and I think that uh, you know, you're, I, I consider you someone to watch in the realm of. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah, and I'm not just saying that because we're sharing a meal. <laughs> I mean it, and I wish you the best. What's coming up, thanks. sort of next for you? Well, uh, I mean, if we get enough people to enroll. I mean, it's a whole administrative thing. I'm going to be teaching a comedy writing course at McGill. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. So that's going to be happening, what, like May 16th, I think, for six weeks? But also, like, more stand-up proper, uh, Morgan O'Shea, who's a comic in Montreal. We always do shows together when I'm in town. Well, always, quite often. Uh, we're doing an East Coast tour throughout, like, all the way to, to Newfoundland. Just getting in a car and doing like three, three and a half weeks. Wow. Yeah. So like really like this should be a super fun thing. Yeah. And the thing is, we're actually still looking for a few venues in a couple cities. Uh, okay, okay. Like, like once in Halifax, but like just to fill a few more dates. So 
if I can like plug one thing or, or, or appeal to your Go listeners, yes. if you're if you're anywhere from like you know Miramichi out to Gander or whatever, and you want some stand up, some super good Morgan is super hilarious, and I really do honestly feel that the two of us complement each other so well. Uh-huh. So get in touch with, with me, you know, through, you know, I guess my davidheady.com or whatever. The info, info will be there. Yeah. Okay. And we'll book some shows and it's going to be a super fun time. And people can learn more about your your special It Was Okay at davidheady.com? Yeah, davidheady.com. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> David, it's a pleasure. Yeah, Beach. No, I just super nice time. And thank you, like, for, you know, ask, like, I don't know, obviously attention, but also just, like, understanding what's going on and thinking about it vaguely I feel like <laughs> part of this is searching for me right I mean I didn't know any I, I appreciate what you're saying but I, I honestly I'm asking you because I don't know okay. I appreciate you saying like you seem to know stuff but I don't know stuff that's why you're here <laughs> I need to figure that stuff out but uh, yeah davidheady.com uh, for more info and I wish you the best of luck thanks Vish I'll Thank see you, you soon yeah hey thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna you can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at cfru.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.